The Blue Jackets don't necessarily have a loud presence at the World Juniors, but what small presence they do have is making an impact. We're talking about how fun Team Czech era is. We're talking about the CBJ prospects that are there in Halifax. And uh, we're talking about the future of this team. We've got Hadi Kalakash of Locked On NHL Project Prospects here to talk all about the baby Blue Jackets on today's Locked On Blue Jackets. Locked On Blue Jackets, your daily podcast on the Columbus Blue Jackets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to Locked On Blue Jackets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am, as always, your host, Jay Foster, here to bring you everything about the Blue Jackets. Good, bad, yelling, cheering. Uh, We've got game previews, game recaps, prospect talk. That's what we're going to do today about your favorite team and mine, the Columbus Blue Jackets. Before we get started, I want to thank everyone for making this your first listen of the day every day. Locked On Blue Jackets is free and available on all podcast platforms. We're also over on YouTube. So if you haven't hit the subscribe button over there, then please feel free to do so. Uh, today, we're talking World Juniors. We're talking uh, Team Czechia. And we've got Hadi Kalakesh here of Locked On NHL Prospect uh, to talk about how much fun this Czech team is. We're talking about David Juracek. We're talking about Stanislav Svozil. And we're talking about Martin Rosavi. Uh, those are the three Blue Jackets prospects that are taking part in the tournament this year, and they're having a pretty good one. So uh, I'm just going to get right into my conversation with Hattie about these prospects. So the Blue Jackets are having kind of a low-key World Juniors, and there's only three players from the prospect list that have gone to the tournament, and they're all on the same team. So I thought, hey, let's check in with Team Czechia, who honestly have been a ton of fun. Uh, They upset Canada, they decided to make Austria cry, and they took Sweden to overtime. So we thought, let's get uh, the best prospect guy on, uh, host of Locked On NHL Prospects. We've got Hadi Kalakesh here to uh, talk all about how David Juracek is doing, how Stanislav Sozal is doing, and how Martin Rosavi is doing. So, uh, Hadi, let's, uh, I guess, let's start off with how much fun is Team Czechia in this tournament? (laughs) Oh, they're a lot of fun. I mean, especially on defense, they've got so many guys who can jump into the rush, uh, create offensively, create some havoc, um, and just make make life a nightmare uh, off the rush for any any team that they face. I mean, they face the best team in this tournament in Canada, and um, I mean, didn't just beat them; they they beat them cleanly, like five two. Like they, they were they were really good in that game. Obviously, the five minute major. Um, in that game, the five-minute power play they got really sort of benefited them in that sense. But, I mean, they were just outstanding. Um, you know, every game I watch Yuri Tihicek, I'm just more and more like, why hasn't a team just thrown a seventh-rounder at this kid? Yes, he's 5'9 as a defenseman, not ideal, but his offensive skill is otherworldly, and he's been paired up with David Yuricek, and that pairing's been just money night in, night out for them. Um, especially in their most recent game against against Sweden, which they took to overtime against, again, a very strong team in Sweden. Like, this, this team's a powerhouse. They look really good. Yeah, for sure. I was... So I am not super... Like, I don't have any rooting interest in the World Juniors beyond I want the Blue Jackets prospects to do well, because obviously, you know, I mean, Blue Jackets, this is below, from my accent. Yeah. <laughs> I am not American or Canadian or any of the other <laughs> European... Uh, nations that usually take part in this so i mostly i'm just here for well a the underdogs 
uh, and B, the Blue Jackets prospect, and they kind of are the same thing this year. But um, I wanted to touch on Yurichek specifically. I saw um, a really good article, which I retweeted onto um, Oxford Blue Jackets, about David Yurichek's performance specifically and how he's kind of been this weird anomaly of he's not doing anything that the stats can register, really. But when you watch him play, you're like, oh, this kid is... This kid is good. And I mean, I've been super high on, on David Yurichek basically since I figured out the Blue Jackets might be drafting him. Um, he was my number two ranked guy for the entire 2022 draft. Um, not quite sure he's NHL ready yet. I think his skating still has a ways to go. But you watch him in this tournament. Like, what do you see from Yurichek that gives you kind of that makes you excited for the future? Offensive activation, aggression. Um, just pushing the pace constantly, trying to get behind forwards, uh, you know, creating down low below the dots. That's kind of the stuff that I think that Czechia system favors, but it just plays so well into what uh, David Juracek's mindset is on the ice. Um, he's one of the most aggressive defenders in terms of his defensive acumen, in terms of what he does off the rush and in his own zone. But that translates perfectly to me into the offensive zone. I think that his ability to, um, you know, use that aggressive mindset offensively as well helped him a lot. That's one of the things that led to um, Yuri Tihacek's goal uh, that tied the game up against Sweden and, and you know, with five minutes left, um, helped Czechia take it to overtime against a really strong team. Uh, he he took the puck and just pushed down low, and then when he realized that he didn't have any options, he was on his backhand down the left flank and in, in the left corner of the offensive zone, um, you know, sticks his head up, realizes he doesn't have anything. He's fine with curling back and finding plays low to high as well. Um, that's something that's really rare that you don't really find from defensemen that comfort and carrying the puck below the dots, um, unless they're like a bona fide offensive defenseman, the Luke Hughes, Quinn Hughes type, um, Kill McCarr. You know, we saw that from them in their draft year. But Yurichek has always struck me as sort of a, a, a strong defensive player who takes pride and value in, in manning his own zone and doing it well. But it's just so great to see that comfort from him pushing up offensively, uh, helping his teammates off the rush. Um, he, he's just been so involved all over the place. And it might not translate to points every time, but it's a projectable habit. It's a strong habit to have that really translates to points at the NHL level. And that's what I'm looking for from Yerichek. You know, I always saw him as a good point man. Like, you know, he gets the puck at the point. He's going to shoot for rebounds really accurately or he's going to just snipe it in with his heavy shot. But the activation was something that I really wanted to see more and more. And he's just dialed it up to 100 in this in this World Junior so far. We've got more coming up about Team Czechia and the Blue Jackets prospect in just a minute. But first, I have to talk to you about a campaign from the NHTSA. Uh, because it's the holiday season. You're hanging out with some friends. You're putting back a couple of drinks. A couple becomes a few. A few becomes too many. And as the evening comes to an end, people start to head out. You think of calling for a ride, but you live nearby. You could make it home, okay? It's not a big deal. And what are the odds that you're going to get pulled over? Anyway, even so, what's the worst that could happen? Your insurance goes up. You lose your license. You lose your job. You could total your car. You could kill someone. Everyone knows about the risks of driving drunk. The results are tragic and often deadly. However, that still doesn't stop everyone from getting behind the wheel while under the influence. That's why police officers are right there, are out there right now looking for impaired drivers on our roads to save lives. So if you think you're okay to drive after a few drinks, think again, play it safe, plan ahead to get a ride. You can download the Uber app. You can call a cab. There are so many options. It only takes one mistake to change your life or someone else's forever. Drive sober or get pulled 
over. Yeah, for sure. I'm wondering if... I mean, obviously, the Blue Jackets are going to be watching this tournament. They're still kind of depleted on defense. Mm-hmm. Do you see him getting maybe another call-up on the back of a strong World Junior tournament? Or do you think it's better for him to continue what he's doing in the AHL, which is, frankly, dominating? Um, I think he's a point per game, and he's leading all rookie defensemen in the entire yeah. AHL. Boring. See, see, that's the thing. I mean, you want your your defensemen, you know, especially when they're this young and and this developed physically, you want them playing at a level where they're exploring their offensive side. They're 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 exploring their puck skills because I don't think Giracek really has much physical refinement left. I mean, he's he's got an NHL body, um, so I, I think it would probably be a good idea to to help him just sort of ride the coattails of the strong world juniors he's having and give him a shot, maybe five or six games at the NHL level, just to see if it can keep up in terms of his his brain. Um, and just keep up with the NHL pace. But I have no problem with him playing in the AHL either. The important thing is for me that he plays top four minutes, consistently gets pucks, uh, consistently gets puck touches. If he can do that at the NHL level, perfect. I mean, it's, it's perfect. There's no better practice for the NHL than the NHL, right? But at the same time, you know, if he's if he's not getting those puck touches, if he's not playing top four minutes, play him at a level where he will because that's the things that are going to – those are the things that are going to get him um, the proper sort of – development time required on the puck because no matter how good you are it's so rare that a player unless you're like Connor Bedard and Connor McDavid's you know level of player there's no way you're ready for the NHL pace without having played a single NHL game it's just a completely different stratosphere and, and it's severely understated um the one thing that any rookie mentions when you ask them what's different about the NHL they immediately say how fast it is and it's just no one's ready for it unless you're generational so you know, if he's ready for it after the World Juniors, if you can see that his mind is keeping up or that he's showing signs of progression and that after five or six games, there's a difference between the first and the sixth game in terms of his processing speed, then great. But if that's not the case, there's no problem at all with letting him dominate the AHL because the AHL, I think, is decent enough practice for the NHL in terms of pace of play. I think in terms of speed, it's the NHL, the KHL, and then the AHL. That's that's how it goes in terms of pace of play, in terms of priority. So it's not the worst league to play in, in my opinion. But, you know, you might as well give him a shot if he's having a strong World Juniors tournament like he's having right now. Yeah, exactly. And this is something I've kind of been talking about a little bit, like on the show mm-hmm. to other people. The season's lost. Why not see what you've got? In Might as well, yeah. Especially your guys like Juracek who are in the AHL and, you know, you don't have to fly them over from Europe. You don't have to pull them out of juniors, etc. Mm-hmm. Um, but speaking of, of Czech players that are playing in the uh, major juniors, uh, Stanislav Svozil, who as of the start of World Juniors was, I believe, second in the entire WHL in assists, mm-hmm. only to his Regina Pats teammate, Conor Bedard, which yep. is pretty impressive company. Um, he had, I thought, a really great game against Canada specifically. Mm-hmm. Um, again, was really great against Austria. What have you seen from from Svozil in uh, in this tournament? Man, I don't know where any of this came from with Svozil. I mean, I did not see this level of offensive skill from him prior to you know in this draft here. I saw a very responsible, very intelligent, you know, defensive defenseman who's going to shut you down on the rush. You can't get past him. Um, he's got great mobility, all that, but I didn't see much in terms of puck skill from him, and he's just exploded offensively, not just, you know, 
this season in uh, in the World Juniors as a captain of Czechia, but also with the Regina Pats. And I sort of chalked it off when I saw the stat line and I saw the game. So, oh, I mean, he's playing a lot of minutes with Bedard. That's probably, you know, contributing to what's going on here. But no, in isolation, Stanislav Zozil is just, is, he's insane. Like, not not just in terms of, like, being good. He's actually insane. Like, he, he'll join rushes that he has no business joining, and it actually works. Just because his intelligence is so so high-end, especially you can see it in this tournament. I mean, obviously, it's it's a small sample size, but the players he's playing with half the time aren't Connor Bedard level. You know, they're they're not... They're not even sort of Tanner Howe level, who, who's uh, 2024 eligible, uh, who plays for Regina as well, who's been pretty good. Um, it's just he's got so much offensive acumen. He doesn't have the most heavy or accurate shot, but he just places it so well, and he times the shot really well. He, he delays it well enough so that he's able to wait out goaltenders and keep them on their toes. Um, his playmaking is out of this world. I mean, he's made some passes in this in this tournament, especially on the breakout that have just blew my mind. Again, I didn't see any of this coming from Swazil, so I've got some watching to do to see what the progression was, but it seems like in one offseason, he's turned his puck skills from a weakness to a strength. It's really impressive. Yeah. I feel like the thing with Swazil was he had a really, like, he, I say really, he had a down year when he was drafted, and he mm. fell out of the first round, mm-hmm. which was, I believe, was where he where he was projected, and then he ended up going, I think, in the third round, which actually took up yep. 69th overall. Mm-hmm. Um, and I immediately after that, I had, think I had like three or four guys in my DMs, like, how did Sozal fall so far? He's going to be a stud. Yeah. Um, and I was like, okay, cool. So I like made a mental note, keep an eye on this guy, um, kind of see how he's doing. And yeah, he's he's a guy that I'm really excited about on a, on a different level to, to Yurichek, but mm-hmm. he feels like a guy that maybe two seasons down the line the idea of you know putting him on the power play unit with you know line a Goudreau Johnson and just watching him just Man. just hand the puck to any of those guys and then standing Man. back you know it feels like it's gonna be a lot of fun yeah no he walks the blue line so well as well and that's a lot that's mainly what opens up so many passing lanes for him like obviously you need the intelligence to spot those passing lanes and exploit them but he just opens them up so well he just you know, he opens his hips up, he uses his feet to sort of walk the blue line really intelligently. He doesn't sort of overdo it or underdo it. He's just constantly deceiving and manipulating. And that's one thing that, I mean, again, I, I did not see this coming from Swazil. I mean, yes, he had a down season in his draft year, but I thought there was a, a you know, a, a pretty noticeable lack of sort of high-end puck skill. And it's just, he's, he's reached a different stratosphere this year. And it's great to see. Yeah, for sure. In a minute, we've got more talk from Hattie about the uh, Czech CBJ prospect. That's coming up next on Lockdown Blue Jackets. Um, I feel kind of bad for the third Blue Jackets prospect um, on this team, Czechia, because yeah. he has kind of flown under the radar a little bit, obviously with, you know, Svezl being named captain and deciding to just be involved in every goal. Uh, you're checking yeah. a really strong tournament. Um, what have you seen from Martin Rosavi to, that's either good or bad or kind of how how has his tournament been as kind of a, a depth round a depth draft pick for the blue jackets i mean he's got speed and creativity i think those are the two sort of things that he can build his game around and do something with i don't really see a, a top six or or you know a, even a strong third line nhl or out of rasavi i see the type of player is going to give a lot of support 
um, on on a you know third or fourth line, but it's not going to be a main play driver. It's mainly because I, I don't see a lot of hockey sense from him. You know, he he's not constantly scanning. He's not, you know, he's not the type of guy who's going to have eyes in the back of his head. But he's constantly pushing the pace and he's constantly trying things. And in this World Juniors, he, it hasn't it hasn't sort of translated to points, but it's it's creating a lot of energy a lot of momentum for Czechia so when he leaves the ice after a shift the next the next sh- the, the next uh, line up just hits the ground running you know they already you know he that's what i mean by support is that it's not just by you know what he does with the puck it's in terms of the energy that he brings the pace of play that he brings it's just so tiring for the opposition team that they, they kind of t- tend to end up sort of sitting back for a bit. And that benefits the first line, for example, when they hop on the ice after that. So, yeah, again, just not not anything sort of outstanding. I, I would sort of temper my expectations about Rosavi, but um, speed and creativity and, and, and good quantity, I, I think that's what he brings to an NHL team. Yeah, I feel like, and this is something that kind of just occurred to me um, kind of as, as we were talking. Mm-hmm. I wonder if he's a, the kind of player that maybe is a top-line AHL guy for most of his career, and then, you know, he comes up with injuries or something like that. Um, I was thinking specifically about um, that Dryden Hunt shift that went viral um, a couple of weeks ago of where he doesn't super do anything with the puck, necessarily. He just Mm -hmm. is a huge pain in the butt long enough for, I think, basically his line mates to change and then for the top-line guys to get on and take over. And I wonder mm-hmm. if that's kind of what we could see from from Rasabi. He's got the speed to beat the other team on the four check. He's got the creativity to kind of keep hold of the puck. And I wonder if that's something that, you know, we'll see maybe one or two highlight reel plays out of him a season. And then that's that's it, which is not the worst thing in the world for yeah. a guy that I believe they took in the fourth or fifth round. <laughs> Yeah, for a seventh-round pick, I mean, this is not bad at all for, for a savvy. I, I think that, you know, if you got any NHL out of a seventh-round pick, you win. Like, most of these guys never see professional ice, let alone the NHL. So it's difficult to sort of, you know, get lots of value out of a player like this. But, you know, he was decent in his last World Juniors, uh, I think three points in seven games, something like that. Pointless in his last three games, in his three games so far in, in this World Juniors. But, I mean, you know... A, a six foot three guy who's going to push the pace, who's going to drive the the, the the other team into their own zone and keep them there. I mean, you don't get that anywhere, really. I mean, yes, he's missing the puck skills to be sort of a top end guy, but if he plays a, a, a an entire career in the any in the AHL and you know plays a game or two even in the NHL, that's a win in my opinion for Columbus. So yeah, I mean, he's not at all on the level of Svozil and, and Yurichek in terms of upside, but I mean. He could very well be a, a fourth liner who who does a lot of great work for your team and and gives you good minutes. For sure, if they can turn him into you know say if we're looking at a, a Blue Jacket specific guy for for the listeners, if you, they can turn him into like a Carson Meyer, mm-hmm. perhaps like that feels that feels like a victory to me. Um, mm-hmm. But we're gonna we're gonna finish up here, I think, and then uh, Hattie will be back later to preview the uh, 2023 draft because the Blue Jackets are probably going to do pretty well in terms of where they're going to be picking. Um, but for people who want to, uh, Hattie's been doing some really great uh, work reviewing all of the World Junior games so far. So if you guys want to uh, catch up on the World Juniors, catch up on Prospect, uh, Hattie is the place to go. Uh, where can people find you and your show? 
Yeah, so the, the show is really easy to find. It's locked on NHL prospects. It's all over YouTube, uh, Spotify, Odyssey, any podcasting app you want. It's up there. Um, you can find us on Twitter at LO underscore NHL prospects. Uh, my Twitter handle is right there on the screen. If you're listening, it's Hattie K underscore scouting. Um, I'm also on my own personal YouTube. I occasionally post some videos about uh, different prospects. Um, but yeah, any everything you want uh, from me is on Twitter. Uh, on my personal Twitter on and on Locked On NHL Prospects Twitter. So that's mainly where you can find us. Awesome. Uh, I am going to hit end. And that's about all I've got for you today. Uh, tomorrow, we are going to be previewing the New Year's Eve game against the Chicago Blackhawks. We've got Jack Bushman from Locked On Blackhawks here to uh, tell us all about how his team is doing. And we kind of do a little bit of commiserating over both cheering for and covering a bad team. And does Connor Bedard make it all worth it at the end? That's coming up on tomorrow's episode. Uh, I've been Jay Foster. You can find me on Twitter at underscore Jacob Foster, J-A-K-O-B-F-O-R-S-T-E-R. You can find this podcast at L-O underscore Blue Jackets. If you have comments, questions, criticisms, you can email me at lockedonbluejackets at gmail.com. And uh, thank you all once again for listening, for making this your first listen. Um, I super appreciate it. We're on YouTube. We're on every podcatching app of choice. Uh, like I said, tomorrow we're going to be doing an episode with Jack Bushman. And then next week we've got some more prospect talk with Hattie as we really get into our draft coverage. So that's coming up next week. Uh, so keep an eye out for that. Thank you, thank you, thank you for listening. And uh, until tomorrow, make sure you stay locked on.